It was a sad day when I discovered that stars die. Just like us. I was sitting in my third grade classroom, fighting off tears. Plants die, and bugs die, and sadly, guinea pigs die too. But stars? The ones you wish upon? The ones that number beyond count at summer camp? If anything, I thought, stars should be eternal. And compared to our lifespans, they are. Stars can burn for billions of years, but every now and then, it happens. A star explodes or fades away. However, even at 186,000 miles per second, some stars' light can take a while to get to us. Sometimes thousands of years. So yes, stars die. Where those fires once burned, now there is vast, cold darkness. But I've decided it's okay, because tonight, those same stars still light up my sky. I'm Heather Matthews, and this is The Divide. we've come to it. What lured Bert Reed through the woods? What convinced Adrian Fermi to risk everything? What lies beyond the blinding light? Let's get back to meeting number two. All right. And then? What happened next? And then I sealed the suit and walked through. Huh. Well, it's, um, I, uh, I, I saw the outer reaches, the very depth and scope of what we are. Out there, that's where I, I began to see the edges. Explain edges. The edges of... Everything. My hopes, my dreams, my fears, my friends, my parents, my memories. I I realized after a minute or two that I was looking at my life. And the edges, you need to understand, they, they all fit together so perfectly, so beautifully. Nothing was out of place. What did this look like? I... It's hard to describe. A a blur of joy and heartbreak. But I know what it felt like. The warmest embrace I've ever known. Like... Like a hug from my mom that never ends. Like this special moments in life when you close your eyes really tight and think, please, please, please remember this.
there it is. I never know what to do with this part. Once again, I'm flummoxed. The astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson once said, There's as many atoms in a single molecule of your DNA as there are stars in a typical galaxy. We are, each of us, a little universe. Is that what Adrian saw? I'd like to think so. He describes an out-of-body experience. But where did he go, really? Here's what Dr. Fermi says next. The last thing I remember seeing before waking on the side of McGrath Avenue was these shapes below me. Greens, blues, enormous shapes. I'm certain I was looking down at the Gulf of Mexico. The water was the most vibrant blue I'd ever seen. And then I woke up. And then the nightmare began. You see, these things down in the mountain, I don't think they're doing what was intended. And why do you say that? I don't know. I don't have a good reason, but my journey, whatever you want to call it, was painful and messy. Near the end, I felt like a baby seal getting hurled back and forth between two dolphins. What's worse, upon returning, I discovered that everything I'd ever been was erased from this earth. The whole of my life disappeared in that blinding light, except I'm still here. That's why you don't remember working with me. That's why my husband is a stranger. That's why my daughter Penelope, that, that's why she's gone. So the question is, why would anyone want to create technology that does this? Yes! How could this be the purpose of these things? We call them the disco balls. <laughs> yeah, so did we. Of course, they're at least five times the size of disco balls, and their surfaces, they always kind of freak me out. I can definitely see why. So I could ask you what it is that you want, but I have a pretty good idea at this point. You want to go through the light again, and you want my help. Yes. But you just said that you don't think they're working right. Why would you risk that? Do you think that if you walk through and ask them nicely, these devices will give you your life back? I don't know. I don't know, okay? There are a thousand variables that we didn't account for when I walked through the first time. In my foolishness, I ignored all your reservations. Because I had to know. I had to know. Out there, I saw humanity's place in the universe. And let's just say we're way up in the nosebleed section. And yet, the view is still pretty breathtaking. But I'd give it back. I'd give it all back just to watch Penelope poke at Sam's casserole for five more minutes. You're gonna need a new suit. The thing has had it. I know who we can call. There's something else. Our seismographs picked up some other vibrations recently. 
more significant, much more common than the event. Oh no. We think- The military's drilling to the site. Well, below the site. We're almost out of time, aren't we? Yes, I think so. First, I need to do something. Call it an experiment of sorts. What kind of experiment? Are you sure this is a priority? Yes. Uh, yes, I am. I need to leave Colorado. Only briefly. Adrian, just tell me what you want to do. All right. But shut that thing off. After this part, another conversation was recorded. I'm going to save that for later. After first listening to Dr. Fermi's description from Beyond the Light, I became a woman possessed. No more setbacks. No more false starts. It's time for me to head to Colorado. So I spoke with my editor. I booked a flight. I gave Gertrude to my neighbor. I turned off my phone and headed to the airport. Um, I've just landed in Colorado. Now it's time to see if I can get anyone at the Cheyenne Mountain Complex to talk to me. I can start with Corporal Tarrington. I can also try to find a way to contact General Erickson's people. He's the officer that Stephen and Adrian reported to. Wish me luck. Um, it's after 9 p.m., I have spent the entire day, well, almost the entire day, chasing people who are stationed at Schriever Air Force Base, Peterson Air Force Base, and the Cheyenne Mountain Complex. And no one will talk to me. And if all that isn't frustrating enough, a black sedan has been idling across the street from my motel for the last four hours. There's two men inside. Am I just being paranoid? Probably. But I'm not exactly on a road with much to wait for, if you know what I mean. It's pretty desolate. So, we'll try again tomorrow. I'm, I'm currently hiking to the Will Rogers Shrine of the Sun. It's a tower that was built on Cheyenne Mountain. From there, I'm going to plot a path to the site. I started asking people I've encountered if they've heard anything about the site, and a surprising amount know what I'm talking about. But the stories vary quite a bit. I met a woman named Teresa Coldwell who says men have been disappearing. People stationed at the complex are disappearing. I don't know what to make of that, but I will definitely look into it. <sighs> Did I mention it's about 15 degrees out here? Because it's 15 degrees out here. I am now at the Shrine of the Sun, 
and looking north, northwest, I can't make anything out. (sighs) I've been given some rough instructions on how to get to the site. I was also told not to get my hopes up. Here goes nothing. We have now been walking for just over an hour, and I'm told we're getting close to the supposed site. When people discovered where I was going, they decided to tag along, which is good because I don't really want to do this alone. I'm looking down at a very narrow clearing filled with boulders. I can't see much. Hmm. Some temporary military structures have been assembled, and there are soldiers everywhere. I try to stay up on the mountain until the evening event, according to the tapes. But the temperature was dropping quickly after dark, so I trudged back to my car. The next evening, I headed back out there. I got as close as 50 yards from the site while trying to avoid being spotted by the military. But... When 1045 arrived, there were no vibrations, no tones, and later, no lights. When I arrived back at my motel following three days of hunting for leads, I got an email from a sound engineer. I had asked him to analyze the recording of the tones. He said they were clearly digital and could have been created by any number of synthesizers or programs. As for the signals Adrian described, he said the static was, quote, Unremarkable. Another dead end. Feeling defeated, I booked my flight back to Chicago for the next morning and played meeting number three one more time. Here it is. This is Dr. Stephen Minzel, and we are headed to the site north of the Cheyenne Mountain Complex. It is 10.17 p.m. on November 28, 2017. I'm joined by Dr. Adrian Fermi. Thanks to him and an obscure NSA contract, we were able to get our hands on three suits from NASA. Not top of the line, but they should work. We'll only be needing one anyway. Are we ready? Not yet. What? What are we missing? Let's have it. What? We don't have time for this. I want to hear your theory. It's just a theory. Right. But what happened to you outside Building 12 isn't. Let's have it. I'm about to put on one of these suits and walk through that light again. I think I deserve to know. Okay, yes. During my tour of the facility, I found myself sitting alone in a jeep while my guide took a call on his radio not ten feet away, just as we were sitting outside Building 12. So, I quickly got out and put my ear to the steel door. And you heard nothing, right? You lied to me? Maybe your timeline was different. I I don't know. 
but I definitely heard something. It, it was another tone. A third tone. It was very faint, but I heard it. Playing at a rapid rhythm. M mind you, th this was something like three in the afternoon. Nowhere near the time of the event. Remember what Bert Reed said God told him? Of course I do. Since I, I've tried to remember the note, but I can't be certain. So there's another one, another device, and your theory is that it takes all three. Whatever they're designed to do, which must be time travel, it takes all three to accomplish this. Two managed to burrow out of the complex using what I'm, I'm guessing is some type of thermal technology. But one didn't get out. And so, they're all stuck here, with us. So in essence, everything we've seen from them, it's not what was intended. Like you guessed. But more importantly, I think it's possible that each journey could yield completely different results. I'm sorry. Do you still want to go through with this? Yes. We're dealing with technology, the likes of which I've never seen before. Who's to say they can't send me home? Besides, I don't have any other options. Fair enough. Okay, let's go. Tell me something. Where did these things, these devices come from? You must have an idea since going through. I do, and trust me when I say this isn't a rock you want to turn over. This is pressure, and this is cooling. I got it. I got it. It's almost time. All right, last chance. What's your real name? <laughs> Adrian Isaac Fermi. You want to take my fingerprints again? I simply don't exist. Maybe somewhere else I do. I hope so. You ready? Yes. Thank you. You'll find them. Take this. Sir, what are you doing? Sir! You see this? Follow it exactly. Exactly. I love you, Heather.
magic number is three. Three lives strangely linked. Three devices that can do the impossible. Three tapes sent to say goodbye. The next morning, I visited Bert Reed's home where I met his ex-mother-in-law and his kids. A boy and a girl. It's a home thrumming with activity. His living room alone is filled with oddities that stop me in my tracks. A taxidermy duckling with two heads. A wooden kayak Bert had made. An oil painting of Bella Lugosi as Dracula. It turns out the colonel is a huge German shepherd that loves to have his ears scratched. Before I said goodbye and headed to the airport, I asked to see Bert's silver star. Earlier, I said there was another conversation included after meeting number two. It is between Adrian Fermi and a man named Sam Ferguson. Over time, my editor and I began referring to this as meeting number four. I will note that Mr. Ferguson didn't realize he was being recorded at the time, but has since given his approval. Here it is. You're Mr. Fermi? Uh, yes. And you're Sam Ferguson. That's me. Welcome to the Twin Cities. Grab a seat. Thank you. Oh, these are amazing. You like those? I do. That's a peninsula layout that we've incorporated into a few homes featured in Phase 3 of the Green Meadows Estates. Really popular. Uh, so, I understand you're looking to buy a home and just had to speak with me. Uh, that's right. Uh, I was uh, told you're the man I needed to see to talk options. That you're the guy who actually gets things done. Well, whoever said that is very kind. Um, my husband and I were wanting three to four bedrooms. Lots of open space. Um, lots of natural light. Any little ones? Yes, uh, a girl, and... Give me some specifics. Uh, what details are a must for your next home? Well, my my husband, he's gonna need a big kitchen. <laughs> as big as possible for his culinary adventures. <laughs> You've got a gourmand on your hands, huh? I've got a couple, actually. <laughs> I'm something of a cook myself. What else? You know, I actually made a list of things we're thinking about. Um, oh, Oh, no. Ah, I'm sorry. I'm, that's all right. I've got it. Hey, hey, have you... Have you heard any good jokes lately? Um, jokes? Yeah. It's, it's been one of those days. Uh, just... The story of my life. Are you all right? Yes. Yes, um... Yeah, here's my list. Um, is it all right if I just explore a few of your models? Of course. Uh, afterward, you can come on back and we'll see if we can accommodate what you and your husband have in mind. Thank you, Sam. Thank you very much. Not a problem at all. Was this a conversation between two strangers or best friends? Spouses, even. I have no idea. And I have a feeling questions like this will trouble me until the end of my days. When I first received Stephen's package, I said that discovering it was from Colorado had unnerved me. 
No, it's not because I knew he had moved there. It's because we were in Colorado the last time we spoke. He had just graduated and we planned a trip to go hiking and camping outside Boulder. Once, we were a couple of notes playing in perfect harmony. But over time, we hardly talked the last day we were out there. What had changed between us? Maybe nothing. But two plus two didn't equal four, no matter how hard we tried. When we got off the mountain, it began to rain. We sat in my old Saturn and watched it come down. He said he could do this. He said he could make it work. I said I didn't believe him. He looked at me with such certainty. Then he began to cry. I had never seen him cry before. I wanted to hold him and tell him everything would be okay. But I couldn't because he wasn't mine anymore and I didn't know where to put that. So I went for a walk. While I was out in the rain, Stephen called me, but I didn't answer. So he left a message. On it, he said, people always blame timing or each other when the wheels come off. I think we're just ill-equipped for endings. Almost everything ends, and yet it's always a surprise to us. But this, you and I, is as real as it gets. And it doesn't end. It will always be real. So let's not blame timing or each other. I don't know if Stephen walked through the light, but that's what the tapes would lead me to believe. Why do something so reckless? Had he given up? Or did he finally believe he controlled his destiny? And I still remember him. What does that mean? Often, I'll wake in the middle of the night and my thoughts are racing. But then I think of his Saturday morning grin, the mischief in his eyes after he had one too many drinks, the way he held my hand so tight after a long, hard day. Then I straighten my blankets and fluff up my pillow and tell myself it's okay. It's all going to be okay. I still remember. The Divide is an alternate Thursdays production. It was written and directed by Scott William Baumgartner and produced by Vic Singh. It stars yours truly, Olivia Jekiel, as well as Joseph Baird and Andrew Kudzillo. Additional performances by Michael Nozinich, Cecily Chan, and Jake Edwards. Script supervision by Louis Rigolosi and Kamala Kirk. People always blame timing or each other when the wheels come off. I think we're just ill-equipped for endings. Almost everything ends, and yet it's always a surprise to us. But this, you and I, is as real as it gets. 
and it doesn't end. It will always be real. So let's not blame timing or each other. <laughs>